0: Hey, welcome to Big Fish Small Pod. I'm Andrew Wardall. Today is August 19th, Friday. Marlins tonight facing the Dodgers in L.A. Ahead of the game, Fish Stripes Live will get you some pregame coverage. That, like, last-minute show to get you ready for the 10:10 start time of the Marlins at Dodgers tonight. For the podcast today, I have a bit of a puzzle for you, really. Um it's certainly like not a take really at this point that the Marlins need to make some changes and it's definitely not a take that fans are interested in the formulation of those changes so I've made a bit of a game or like puzzle really and if you want to like get out your like notes app a word document paper hopefully pencil um yeah totally like I'll give you some background to, like, take you through the Marlins, like, financial situation as best we understand it, um, then get you in line with upcoming salary obligations or considerations for 2023, and yeah, we'll kind of have at it and see, like, what we can kind of come to with regards to a Marlins off-season plan. Um, certainly not, like, the full construction of it, but just, like, a start. Um, yeah, we'll get there, uh, but first, like, some background, really. So, the best we can tell of, like, the Marlins, like, financial situation and payroll obligations, pulling really heavily from, like, roster resource over on Fangraphs for this information, COTS Baseball Contracts, lines out a few, like, the gaps, and um, does offer some more contract info and, like, plain text on the Marlins organization as a whole, like, their, like, valuation uh, the Bruce Sherman Ownership Group, a uh, group led, taken directly from them, a group led by a uh, private capital management founder, Bruce Sherman, Derek Jeter, bought the Marlins in October 2017 for $1.2 billion, $800 million in cash, $400 million in assumed or restructured debt. But what I want you to know is that, like, that, like, assumed and, like, restructured debt. That could is really nebulous. That could be anything. That could be like David Samson's student loans. Um, and that could also be just like financial costs. Like the team could have taken out some loans to meet operating needs. We don't know a lot about the business side of the Marlins. So in the puzzle, um, we can't assume any increase in payroll. By all accounts though, the pockets of this Marlins team is a bit deeper than like Jeffrey Loria's situation. Definitely good to note that Forbes valued the Marlins at $990 million this earlier this year, um, making no measure for inflation. That's about a 17.5% loss in value compared to the purchase price. And without really knowing whether or not this appraisal was done before Derek Jeter left with his 4% or about $40 million that was invested into the Marlins. Maybe now Forbes would estimate about like a $950 million valuation for the Marlins. Anyhow, we know that like that value basis is like pretty well there. Um, We've seen like the TV contracts, the naming rates all going towards like that value of the team, that like profit sort of construction really. We don't know like the operation budgets for the team. We don't know what they're spending and what they're taking on any given year. So it's hard to say like whether or not they're just skimming by or if they're sitting on like like a war chest of funds ready to throw out to free agents. Um, they also might just be taking a loss. We just don't know. Um, so yeah, what can we say for certain? And like this is like the start of the puzzle really. So like get get ready to take note. Um, here are like, like your big payroll commitments for 2023. Uh, Avi Garcia's 12 million, Jorge Soler's about 15 million. He has an option that like almost certainly will be exercised on his part. So 15 million for Soler, 5 million for Miguel Rojas, 3.5 for Richard Blyer. I'm excluding Sandy from this puzzle. He can't be moved. Um, Then we have mutual options. Um, Joey Wendell, Jesus Aguilar. Pretty minimal buyouts for both. Wendell is $6.3 million if the option is exercised by both sides. Seemingly the team would be the side that would maybe decline. So that's, this is a fair game for the puzzle. Um, Jesus Aguilar, $8 million is like my estimate for what his salary would be in 2023 on that mutual option. That is not exactly known. Um, nebulous number, but, like, a 200,000 buyout for Jesus Aguilar. Again, another example of the team seemingly acting as decision-maker for these deals. Then we're on to, like, the arbitration salaries. Um, and these are estimates. This is my um, educated guess, really. Uh, to qualify, I um, follow this stuff, like, year to year. And I'm not gonna claim that these are gonna be like the accurate estimates, but I I think it's like ballpark, I think we'll be within like a few million of this for the whole group. Um, So for Brian Anderson, seven million. Floro, four million. Garrett Cooper, five million. Pablo Lopez, seven million. Jacob Stallings, four million. Eliezer, two million. Tanner Scott, two million. John Birdie, four million. Sussler, one and a half million. So, all those numbers. Um, be sure to write those down. Assuming no increase in payroll year to year, um, and adding in what the Marlins owe in their other payments currently, to like Giancarlo Stanton's contract with the Yankees, um, with their 40-man players in the minor leagues, with player benefits benefits paid out, which like is like 16.5 million. So just like Keep that in mind as, like, part of where this, like, major cost is coming from. Then we have the contribution to the pre-arbitration bonus pool. And all that'll take you to, like, a $68 million basis for the Marlins before adding in these arbitration salaries. Which, if we add the about $12 million owed to your, like, pre-arb players, think, like, J.J. Bladé, all that adds up to about $80 million. And that's, again, before this arbitration total. The Marlins, as listed by Roster Resource, currently have about $112 million dedicated to these expenses, including their, like, arbitration players, giving, like, with these estimates, um, about $32 million for you to use at your discretion to decide whether or not you want to pick up these options with Wendell and Aguilar and whether or not you want to offer arbitration to these arbitration-eligible players there. Um, I do want to emphasize to you, like, how Miami might have more money to spend than I'm allowing in this puzzle. They could literally just have more money dedicated to payroll next year. They also might have, like, some Rolled over exp- like savings of like a dedicated budget. For example, the Marlins didn't build a complex in Dominican Republic this year, so maybe there's some past costs available this year. Really, it's just this like nebulous situation. We won't know what we're looking at until we know what we're looking at, and then, and, and then even in this off season, it could come down to whether or not the Marlins are like the winning team in a deal for like. Trey Turner, uh, or whatever it is they end up doing, they could potentially go out for some $30 million a year free agent and then lose that race and then not reallocate those funds elsewhere. So it's like this sticky mess and hard to really articulate, so that's why, like, I want you to, like, kind of zoom in on this puzzle, stay where we are right here. But like, think ahead, like, the qualifying offer this year is going to be around $19 million, and looking into that might be, like, the next step to get ahead of where we are right now. But I think the point is that we can all agree that the Marlins need more high-end Major League Baseball-ready talent, and we know that that has a cost. Oftentimes, more than the $19 million, that would also cost you a high-round draft pick, and you need to hold on to those high-end draft picks, um, and you need to get those players. So, like, let's say... You need between like 26 and 32 million dollars to get like a top tier player or something kind of below that like 16 million to 19 million to get a player that would theoretically turn down a qualifying offer or not be eligible for a qualifying offer someone like justin turner who's already accepted one in his career and been offered one actually in his career is not eligible for another one so um keep that in mind maybe like 16 million might get you a high-end free agent um, like a starting caliber player or like something like 26 30 might get you well beyond that like a real upgrade to any roster if you're like me working through this puzzle I find myself with like five million dollars left to spend and uh, a little bit of like some holes to fill um I think it's a really tough puzzle. I think there's like a real catch 22 happening here Um, with where the Marlins are. uh, To me, that points to like a need for additional investment from ownership towards like the on field product in Miami. Really, it seems like spending the amount of money we have allocated now to the roster wouldn't really allow the Marlins to upgrade the team, Um, but more allow them to just go through to the next year certainly barring any creativity and ability to like move current guaranteed contracts or find value for these arbitration eligible players um so yeah who would you cut to get the open payroll space that you need really that's more the puzzle maybe put an asterisk by who you think has trade value beyond what they'll be owed by a team and then maybe like put together a depth chart with that See what you come to. Uh, see what we're looking at for this Marlins 2023 season. Ahead of this, like, very alive and late 2023 matchup with the Los Angeles Dodgers in L.A. 10-10 is the start. Again, Fish Drives live will be with you pre-game. Definitely, we're talking about pencil for the puzzle. The season is alive and fluid and even the estimates I've made tonight will be wrong um, and will seem wrong by the end of the year. So go at it, stay at it. I'll be back with you next Wednesday. And again, 10-10 start tonight.